Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, February 15th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Roughly 1,100 soldiers who have become known as the Ghost Army helped defeat the Nazis in World War II by relying on military trickery. There's fake radio deceptions, there's phony headquarters, there's people impersonating generals. I mean, it's like a full-scale stage production, only it's on the battlefield. Filmmaker Rick Beyer discusses his documentary, The Ghost Army, in just a few minutes. The number of new COVID-19 cases in St. Louis County is steadily decreasing from its peak in early January. About 575 patients are hospitalized with COVID throughout the five major healthcare systems in the St. Louis area. That's less than half the number of patients just a month ago. County Executive Sam Page says the continued drop is promising. With an expansion of testing, a steady rise in vaccination rates and continued mitigation efforts, including wearing masks, we are seeing the hold of Omicron substantially weaken. St. Louis County has one of the highest vaccination rates in the state. About 70% of residents have received at least one shot and roughly 60% are fully vaccinated. Washington University physicians have been testing if variant-specific vaccines could better reduce the spread of coronavirus. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the team is conducting a clinical trial of a Moderna vaccine targeting the Omicron variant. Rachel Presti is an infectious disease doctor at Washington University. She runs the clinical trials for COVID-19 vaccines in St. Louis, which have studied the effectiveness of vaccines tailored to beta, delta, and now Omicron. She says the current vaccine still works well at preventing hospitalization and death, but they're studying whether it might be better for people to get a more tailored shot once a year. If it keeps putting people in the hospital, then we need a vaccine that protects them from the current virus. And then we might do something like the flu vaccine, where we get it sort of right before the cold and flu season shows up. Presti says physicians are still determining what the best solution will be moving forward. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Caseworkers and volunteers say St. Louis needs to provide resources and shelter for people experiencing homelessness. The last 24-7 safe haven pop-up shelters at Bethel Church and St. Louis University closed over the weekend. Safe Haven volunteer and Tent Mission STL coordinator Alex Cohen says many caseworkers and volunteers are burned out. I know outreachers who have been doing this for decades who no longer want to be direct caseworkers. Someone just told me last week who I really look up to as an old caseworker. She told me she's done after this year. Um, people who really got their mental health under control are now having panic attacks again. Cohen made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. The city has nearly $45 million of federal coronavirus relief funding set aside for homeless services and housing support. A billionaire is donating $20 million to Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin's attempt to unseat Illinois' current governor. Alex Degman has more on the big check from hedge fund manager Ken Griffin. In a statement, Griffin said Governor J.B. Pritzker's policies are harming his company and, quote, countless other Illinois success stories. Griffin also blasted Pritzker's approach to crime and claimed the governor refuses to address the, quote, furnace of corruption and waste in Springfield. 
Urban said he appreciates Griffin's donation and the support he's received so far from thousands of others, and he looks forward to getting more. Urban has also received six-figure donations from well-known business leaders like Sam Zell, Ron Gidwitz, and Shirley Ryan. Urban entered the race just last month, and he's now outraised all his Republican primary opponents combined. I'm Alex Dagman. St. Louis's expansion Major League Soccer franchise will announce a stadium naming rights deal today. Construction on the stadium between Market Street to the south and Olive to the north in the downtown west area should be complete this summer. The team's first game is next year. KSDK is reporting the rights deal will involve St. Louis area-based health insurance company Centene. A military unit historians credit with saving the lives of 30,000 Allied soldiers during World War II has finally received federal recognition. The so-called Ghost Army was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal over the weekend. St. Louis on the Air's Sarah Fenske recently spoke with filmmaker Rick Beyer about his documentary on the soldiers who used fake radios and tanks to mislead Nazi commanders. Some of them enlisted and some of them were drafted, but none of them knew they were going to be doing this crazy deception job until their units were selected to be part of the deception troops that went into action in Europe. It sounds really dangerous, was it? It was dangerous because they were operating uh, on, sometimes quite near the front lines. They were always at risk. They were frequently getting shelled. They were frequently had close calls as well. If you're trying to draw enemy attention with inflatable tanks and sound effects and illusion, but you don't have any weapons of your own, you're in a pretty slippery spot. So the idea was to make it look real from far away. You're trying to fool the enemy into thinking a real unit, let's say the 6th Armored Division, is moving into a certain spot. So you use all different media. The inflatable tanks might be mostly camouflaged and, and hidden under trees, and we're hoping that enemy aerial reconnaissance just gets a small glimpse of them. But there's all these other parts to it. There's sound effects of trucks moving in uh, the night before and tanks moving in. There's fake radio deceptions. There's phony headquarters. There's people impersonating generals. I I mean, it's like a full-scale stage production, only it's on the battlefield. This was classified a long time. These guys came home from the war and, and weren't supposed to talk about any of this. A woman saw the museum exhibit about the Ghost Army at the National World War II Museum a couple of years ago. She saw the insignia. She said, wait a minute, that's my dad's unit. We have that patch at home. He had never said anything. And that was really, really common. Your documentary telling their story, this is called The Ghost Army, you can stream this on Amazon, this came out in 2013. At the point that you brought this documentary to the world, told this story, did you think you'd spend the next nine years of your life staying (laughs) on this story And, and frankly trying to advocate for these men? I sat there watching the documentary air on PBS back in 2013, and I said, oh, look, I'm done. I'm done with the Ghost Army. That's great. What's next? And I had no idea that the Ghost Army had gotten its claws into me. I didn't know it going in. It turns out to be my life's work. And so I feel exceptionally lucky that this has taken place. What has been your goal um, as you've sort of continued to, to bring this, not just to the public, but to lawmakers? I set out to try to convince Congress to award them a congressional gold medal. And that goal was achieved when President Biden signed into law uh, the Ghost Army Congressional Gold Medal Act. And I have to tell you, that was quite a journey trying to make that happen. And I'm still 
can't quite believe that it actually did. This brings me to a bittersweet part of this. I mean, you were working on this so hard for so many years, but at the time that you're working on this, we were losing members of the ghost army left and right. So many of these men are gone. Does, does that make this kind of bittersweet? Oh, it does. It does. There's only 10 veterans left out of more than 1,300 who took part. And, you know, I made my documentary film, and every person I interviewed for that film is gone. They're, they're gone. It's, it, the ghost army's become an army of ghosts. But, Sarah, I think it's important, not just for the soldiers themselves and for their families, but it's kind of we owe it to ourselves to honor this unit, to recognize the role of creativity and uh, performance and illusion and creative thinking on the battlefield and say, well, this is something we want to honor and preserve as an inspiration to us all. That was filmmaker Rick Beyer talking with St. Louis on the Air's Sarah Fenske about his work to document the 1,100-member Ghost Army's role in World War II. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.